When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here, three, two, and one. Back here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, as always, Ryan Key, George Bremer here with you. If you made it this far, make sure you download, like, and subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do get your pods. So, George, again, I, statistically, I, I have no idea why the official score decided to give the fumble uh, in the third quarter to Matt Ryan instead of Jonathan Taylor. It clearly looked like Jonathan Taylor just uh, closed his arms too quickly, and that was his fumble, not Matt Ryan's. Uh, also, really quickly, on a side note, I have no idea how Matt Ryan did not recover that fumble. I thought he fell on top of it, no problem. And all of a sudden, the Steelers player runs out of the ball. I, I didn't see another replay. I, I have no idea how he didn't jump on that and cover it up. Anyway, long story short, John Teller, again, should have fumbled, should have been his. That should have been his fourth lost fumble of the season. And you look at his first two years in the NFL so far, he's had three combined lost fumbles. So, officially, he has three this year matching his first two-year total. The fumbles are were an issue at Wisconsin. That's kind of the one bugaboo that John Taylor coming out of college was uh, dinged with. And really this year, after doing a good job the first two years, it's popping up in a r- really bad time. And especially some of the fumbles, all three actually, really inopportune times. Yeah, I mean, they've all come down. They weren't all at the one-yard line, but they've all come down deep in, in opposing territory uh, and in games that have been one-score games. I mean, the, yep. the Tennessee game here, you get a first down in that situation. Who knows how that changes? Obviously, last week against Philadelphia, you've got the first down. You just need to find a way to get down and, and you yep. fall, fumble the ball in the scrum. And then here, uh, wasting an opportunity at the one-yard line when the crowd, well, at least the 50% of the crowd that was rooting for the Colts, was really at a full roar and was was getting into it. Uh, you know, it just felt like they were really building momentum at that point, and you just can't lose the ball there, obviously. I don't know. Maybe they need to bring Tom Rathman in uh, for a quick boot camp. You know, I think he's the guy who really turned things around. He, he was always kind of seen as a ball control guru. And I think he's the guy that really set Taylor on that course for his first two years. Um, but it's just not, you know, it, it, it can't continue to happen. There's no question about that. Harping on him because it's been him the last couple of weeks, but it's been a little bit of everybody. I mean, Michael Pittman's had a, a few too many of these situations. Obviously, Matt Ryan has had way too many of these situations. Um, he's cleaned it up a little bit since he came back, but, you know, you just can't do that as, as a veteran in, in this league. It's killing this football team. I mean, it's just you cannot continue to turn the ball over in opposing territory. You just can't. They're not good enough to overcome that kind of thing. And they're, no, not a, not at all. They need everything to go right for them to win some of these games. You know, we talked about the offense, and it's not explosive. You need a lot of things to go right just for you to kind of put together a ten play, eighty yard drive, no to score a touchdown. And, and like I said, they are nowhere near good enough to overcome a fumble at the one yard line that uh, you know does kind of ruin momentum there. Now, to Colts credit, they did bounce back on a nice drive to score a touchdown right afterwards. But again, now you look at the end of the game, they lose by a touchdown. Who you know? Who knows? like if you score a touchdown there, take a seventeen sixteen lead. Steelers go three now. You get the ball back again. Like they, this could be a. We could be talking about a Colts like ten point win here, George. Maybe if that fumble yep. changes the game, like doesn't happen. And we're again, it's another game changing turnover by the Colts. That's one thing. You know, we we, we 
killed the defense in the last segment, rightfully so. They deserved it today. But the one thing they did do well today, they they cleaned up both turnovers. I mean, the other mm-hmm. one was deep in the Colts territory, and they actually forced a punt. Got a sack on third down, give up yeah. no points on that. And then after the one at the one-yard line, they went three and out right away, got the ball right back to the offense. The offense was able to punch it in and, and take the lead. Uh, that's the one thing that the defense did well today. I don't know about, you know, I can't give them much of a pat on the bat for anything else. But in the quick change situation today, they were really good. They absolutely were, but it's just another situation where just awful turnovers really do kill you. And again, with Jonathan Taylor, like I said, maybe it's, it is bringing Tom Rathen back in the offseason or have him work with JT in the offseason, just him, those two. But whatever it is, they have to figure out something where Jonathan Taylor is getting better control of the ball. But like I said, everyone on the team is getting better control of the ball. But at least the last few weeks, uh, last two weeks specifically, it's been Jonathan Taylor fumbling at just inopportune times that have really kind of changed the game here for the Colts in a very, very negative way. All right, let's finish up, George, with uh, a positive. And that was Jelani Woods having by far his breakout game of his career, uh, being the most reliable, most explosive player on offense. He had nine targets, which is second highest on the team, which is very impressive. Finished with eight catches for 98 yards, averaged 12 yards a catch, which again, for an offense that's averaging 4.7 yards per play, he was the only explosive player on this team. It's good to see him come back from injury to really kind of finding his groove. And again, for a big question mark at tight end coming into the season, Jolion Woods is, when he's been on the field and got his opportunities, not they've been a lot, but he's making the most of it. And I thought really, you know, Monday night kind of put that to the forefront. Yeah, no, it was a big, big moment for him on a big stage. Um, you know, really breakout game in a lot of ways. And I think most of that came in the second half, if not all of it. He didn't do much of anything in the first half. So say he catches for 98 yards pretty much in the second half of this game, uh, which is just huge. Uh, really got things going, you know, had some huge catches on those touchdown drives. Uh, and, and he did it all with a really uh, heavy heart. I think that's one of the things that, that you know, uh, people are probably aware of the fact that he went to the University of Virginia I'm sure everybody's aware of what happened there a couple of weeks ago uh, with shooting and the death of the three players. He was really close with all three guys. One of them was actually his locker mate when he was there. Uh, so he saw him, you know, 24 seven, those guys, you probably see them more than I see my wife. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you know how that goes. Uh, so for him uh, to, to go through that situation, this is the first game he played since that happened. Uh, just an incredibly emotional day for him. He was very emotional in the locker room afterwards. Had a long talk with Zaire Franklin, who might just be one of the best people in the NFL, just on a on a human standpoint. Uh, Zaire's had to deal with way more of that in his life than than probably anyone should have to, as far as people close to him losing them. And you know, he just talked to to Jelani about how to handle it because Jelani said he was in a dark spot. And that happened. I think anyone's going to have a problem with that when your former teammates, you know, taken from you in, in that situation. Uh, and then he's at the same time, he's, he's rehabbing from really his first pro injury, trying to get back on the field. There's a lot of negative thoughts going through his mind. So you just kind of sat him down and, and said, look, you know, this is how I handled it. This is how you get through this. And July said point blank. That's, that's what got him back to the light. That's what. That's why he had the game he had today, because that talk was Zaire Franklin. So, uh, you know, I think it, sometimes we make too much out of football. I think we 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 make you know what happens on the field to be too big. That's a real life story. That's a huge win for Jelani Woods. I don't care what the scoreboard says. 
The eight catches for 98 yards are great. He's going to remember that. To come out, have that kind of performance, where he was during the week, what he's dealt with the last couple of weeks. For Zaire Franklin to be that kind of a teammate, that's what really matters. That's the stuff those guys are going to remember 10 years from now. You're 100% right. And like I said, it's just the game is impressive in and of itself. Just the numbers and Jelani's performance in a game where he's never gotten that volume before of targets and, and yards, his career's highs, uh, career highs, and everything. Like he's just not been relied upon in that, you know, situation like that before until really Monday night. And like I said, especially now to have that performance step up when you need to, especially in some big moments, second half on top of like said, everything weighing on him. Uh, off the field, there's just a horrific tragedy with, with the team. And like I said, it's one thing what happens to – what happens in general, obviously, it's horrific. It's something what happens to your specific school, and it's just sad. But it's another totally separate, you know, different animal when it's – you know the ones involved. You are friends with the people involved. You have to deal with that and, you know, like I said, sit with it for a while on top of being injured, you know. And when you're injured, as you know, it's kind of like – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a dark, depressing place. We don't really talk about it a lot because as fans, all we do is just watch guys on the field. We're not at practice. But when you're, like, rehabbing, you're mostly by yourself. Like, you know, players are talking about it. It's a dark place to be where you're away from the team. You're not doing anything team-related. It's just kind of, like, going through, you know, frustrating, you know, exercises and rehab and pain, you know, pain in order to get back. But you're kind of doing it on your own. It's it's a really, like I said, really tough spot to be in overall. And it's just a credit to Jelani Woods, the person, the character he has to, like I said, be able to bottle all that up and credit to Zaire Franklin well for putting him in good headspace, but bottle it up and use that in a positive way. Because we've seen too many times guys have that emotion and it overtakes them in a negative way, both on and off the field. And I think that's the thing. You know, sometimes we we, we, we get so caught up in 4-7-1 and one, and the offense is terrible and the defense had their worst game. And all those things are true. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're talking about. But this is way beyond football. And and I think as people, you know, what Jelani Woods did this week, what Zaire Franklin did this week, I, that's how I would hope we're, we all would be in these situations. Being able to step up, whatever your job is, whatever, you know, is going on in your life, being able to step up, perform the way he did on this stage, uh, that's, that's outstanding. I don't care what the final score is. You know, that's, he deserves all the credit on earth for that. And for Zaire to be there the way he was, that's definition of teammate. That's what you want. They're not on the same side of the ball. They're not even really all that close to each other in a locker room. But Zaire saw a teammate who was hurting. He, he saw a situation where he'd been through similar, you know, circumstances, and he stepped up. And that's that's the epitome of a captain. That's what you that's what you need to do. You know, he came into this this week leading the NFL in tackles. I don't know where he'll be when when all is said and done. That's that means nothing compared to what he did for Jelani Woods this week. I, I just that's that's huge. And we mentioned it too a few times throughout the year, George. And I think this is something that Chris Ballard has taken a lot of pride in. Uh, a, a team of filled with high character players and, and guys that, you know, fit just forget about the, you know, the skill set, but they fit the personality of the locker room. And like I mentioned, you, you kind of bring to light that story, especially from Zaire Franklin's perspective. It, it goes to show like what this Colts team is truly made of. Again, I know fans, we, we care about wins and losses, but you, when you have kind of those guys in around your locker room, 
it's always, it's never a bad thing to have. Like I said, it always does help you both on the field, but especially off the field too, helping a teammate out, showing, like I said, going out of your way. You don't have to, like, it's very easy for anyone in any walk of life. Just like, ah, I got enough stuff to deal with. Oh, they can deal with on their own or I don't have time, whatever. It's just such a credit to the the people that of who they are uh, on this Colts roster, kind of always kind of helping each other out and kind of putting the team and others first ahead of themselves for sure. Two quick things here to kind of bring a little extra light, if you will. Number one, great game for Jelani. The only bad news is, George, his touchdown percentage is going to go plummeting right down. He was a, yep. he used to be a perfect 100 for 100, you know, 100% touchdown every catch he had was a touchdown. That is that is quickly plummeting, which is, hey, sorry, Jelani, but it's a, in one way, it's a good thing. I used to get opportunities, but man, that percentage is taking <laughs> There's nowhere to go but down from where he was at, unfortunately. That's what was it? Two for two for two? I don't know. Three for three. I forget the exact. Yeah, he was two he for two for sure. Yeah, he was. Yeah, two for two for sure. Chiefs scheme. Uh, I forget if he got a third one or not, but he was he was up there. He was a record breaker for sure. And game winning touchdown. That's right. That's right. And then the Jaguars two touchdown. The uh, the venture yep. go one was. He's been Mister Clutch in the end zone, but now nine catches. That touchdown percentage going down. And the other thing is, I don't know about you. I love the throwback uniforms. Like I, it's whether it's the stripes on the side or the stripes on the socks, if the Colts were to make those a full-time unis, I'd be okay with it. They look very clean on Monday. And it's a shame they can't win in them. Lost last year to the Bucks, this year to the Steelers. So I'm superstitious. So never wear them again because they can't win in them. But with that said, if they're going to lose, at least they look good losing. Yeah, they may have to throw those out. We'll have to see how that goes. But at least they did look good in defeat. Uh, you know, that that's about the only thing you can say as far as on the field goes that that was good today. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think we're at a point where um, we kind of talked about it early in the week. You know, if they lose this game, is it hard for, for the fans to continue to invest? And I think we're definitely at that point. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about head coaches and college quarterbacks and draft position and that kind of stuff the rest of the way. It'll be interesting to see how the Colts respond. Absolutely. What was the what was the crowd like, George, in the stadium tonight? I mean, there was a lot of terrible talent showed on TV, but speaking of the fans caring, especially in the third quarter, it sounded loud to me at least, but what was the stadium? Yeah. What was the vibe in the stadium like? I mean, the Colts fans that were here, the ones that didn't sell their tickets to, to people from Pittsburgh, were really loud and they were really into it. I mean, they were they were booing the team off the field at halftime. I don't know if you could hear that on TV <laughs> or not, uh, but they were definitely, you know, letting them know their displeasure. And they were really loud when the Colts gave them reason to be. You know, I, I think one of the things that was so disappointing in that fourth quarter, both times the Colts got the ball with, with a chance to tie or take the lead, uh, there were audible defense chants coming out, out of the crowd. They almost had to go to a silent count in their own home field, which is not unusual for Pittsburgh. I, I still, I've said this before, I'll say it again. They could play a game on the moon and there'll be 20,000 Steelers fans there. I, I don't know how right. that happens. Uh, they're everywhere. You know, <laughs> It doesn't matter where that you go. Are. Uh, and, and it's a great fan base and they show out and they, they definitely supported their team today. But I thought the Colts fans that were here did everything the team gave them the power to do. That's yeah, that's also true. It doesn't help when the home team's empowering the away team with poor play for three full quarters. And the one quarter they played well, had a backbreaking turnover to kind of, like I said, charge up the Steelers fans for sure. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be definitely interesting to see kind of, like I said, the fan interaction, fan reaction, if we will, and the buying here the last uh, last five games of the season, we do trickle on down. But to wrap up this pod, George, it's another podcast that is full of depression, full of frustration, 
and full of kind of the, the same talking points we've been hitting on all, all season long so far. Bad turnovers, bad offensive play, defense not being able to make a, a you know a game changing play when uh, relied upon, and it all ends up in a loss to drop to four seven and one. Colts lose on Monday night uh, to the Steelers twenty four seventeen. Continue to get dominated by Pittsburgh. Have not beaten them since what is it two thousand eight now? Two thousand eight. Long way to go. Another year in the books for the Steelers. We will be back on the midweek pod a little bit later on Wednesday, but still on Wednesday since you've been listening to the Blue Horseshoe pod after dark. So uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, kind of break down a little bit more from Jeff Saturday's bad clock management, what it means for the buy-in of this team going forward. It's gonna be, That's going to be something to watch for sure. It's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. So I guess I would say have a good rest of rest of your week, but it's it's – Tough, tough way to start the week, George. That's that's for sure. At least when the Colts lose on Sunday, it's one thing. But now to kind of have your Monday, you're up late watching it. You go to bed probably upset, and now it kind of carries into your Tuesday. Really brutal week, brutal way to start the week. Quick turnaround, too. Quick, quick turnaround and a tough that's challenge true. next Sunday. That is true. Back on the national stage, just what the entire nation and, and frankly, Colts fans want to just have everyone else criticize the Colts, not just us, but oh boy, oh boy. So we will be back Wednesday. Make sure again, you're downloading, liking, and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you Wednesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.